Hi everyone, welcome back. And as I did in previous weeks on the Sunday evenings, I'll end this week with a short monologue. I'll just be looking back at what happened this week and I will look forward or I'll mention anything else that caught my attention and that I want to share with you. Um, since we are on call-in, one change that must have caught everyone's attention is the impressive upgrade of this platform. With all the changes that have been introduced this week, call-in has, for me at least, now become so much more of a mature form of social media. It's, it's ready to grow in users, in podcast productions, and in live listeners. And just days ago, last Friday, I spoke about this with Charlie Weiser of call-in. And he's always very helpful. Whenever I run into something that I don't understand, uh, I always ask him to explain to everyone and to me uh, what all these, um, uh, how, how this all works. And now I ask him to explain to everyone what all these changes are about. So if you find time to listen to our conversation on last Friday, I think that is, that is really most interesting because uh, this platform is now rapidly becoming more mature as i just said so for me the main change of all the upgrades of last week is the availability for android phones and that was a request that i most often heard uh, from the people that were listening to this show and to my other show to to the planet and also what i got back on twitter and charlie explained in our conversation of friday how complicated it is to build the app on both platforms and it's it's not that you just, when you have it on one, that you can somehow translate it to the other. It's just building it from scratch again. So that took a bit of time to get it right. But look where we are. It's only half a year ago that uh, call-in was launched and then was launched with the app for the iPhone. Now in just half a year, we have it on the website, we have it on Android, we have it on iPhone. So basically you can uh, follow it everywhere. And that brings me to the other huge improvement. That's the improvement of the website. So if you remember what it looked like just a few days ago and what it looks like now, it's it's a difference between night and day. And uh, I prefer all social media and also call in, which I see as a form of social media, to look as much as, as possible the same on any device. So the website now looks remarkably the same as uh, the app so while the full call-in experience is available on our mobile apps uh, we uh, realize that there's no uh, um, uh, there's no stand-in for a website so the the website has been completely redesigned uh, and uh, it's i love the home page and uh, i love the uh, the complete uh, experience you can you can listen to it you can uh, you can find other shows i personally believe that the search function uh, i'm not sure if that's also improved but i do believe that the search function can be a bit better when i search for instance for climate i still get things like the political climate is changing and i don't mean that when i look for uh, the real climate change um, but i th i think the discovery is now much better on on the website uh, and uh, another thing is the, the 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 very powerful editing tools for creators. Um, if you now if you prefer to work with a browser instead of on the app, uh, you have all that available uh, now. So that is an, an enormous upgrade. And basically, you can now have the same experience uh, on the website 
as you could have on on the iPhone app. So another thing that I think is is a huge change is uh, the integration with Apple Podcast and Spotify via RSS. So you can now produce a podcast on call-in and you can publish it on Apple Podcast and Spotify. So that means that if you already have an audience there for podcasts, you can now draw in the, these audiences uh, uh, to call in um, or if you have, uh, uh, if if people want to listen to you that have never heard of Colin and don't know Colin, but they are on Spotify, like well, who isn't on Spotify or who isn't on Apple Podcast, um, then they can still listen. So I think that will uh, really broaden the audience and will also uh, broaden the the whole functioning of uh, of the app. Um, then there's uh, a much better, much more professional uh, soundboard uh, available now. Uh, so, uh, for instance, you can now use an intro music or you can use uh, sound effects. And uh, so that will make the whole experience also much more professional. Um, what is also improved uh, is uh, the post-production tools. Um, so... There were already these uh, transcripts after uh, after you make a show, which the people that only listened will never have seen, but anybody that ever did a podcast himself on call-in knows that afterwards you get a transcript of everything that was said, and you could work on that. And what has changed now is that these have been annotated with speaker information. Um, you can now add uh, titled chapters to their episodes. So for instance, I can do that in the future when I um, present with Alistair Doyle on every Thursday, the news. We normally have like five or eight or 10 different topics and we can now just make chapters of those topics so people can just skip and move to the next chapter if that is uh, something they're more interested in. So, uh, and another thing you could do is to normalize audio because on... Um, for instance, in the last call that we had, I was closer to the microphone than Alistair, so my voice was was louder than his voice, and that's now typically the kind of thing that in the in the post production uh, you can you can equalize that uh, that much better. Well, these are just uh, some of the of the many changes. Oh, one other one that I remember Charlie was talking about, which I like, is um, the the live chat. So, for, for instance, when you're in a Zoom call and um, you're not the speaker or the host, you're just listening and you see that somebody else is listening that you know you can, while staying in uh, the live recording of the podcast, you can chat to each other and exchange messages. So uh, the the audience uh, is less of a passive audience and can just um, uh, get 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 involved in, in that sense as well, which is different than asking questions to the host. You can just talk to other, let's say, members of the audience. So, uh, and there are status updates as well. So, uh, altogether, uh, enormous changes, enormous improvements. Uh, the uh, char- the, the um, uh, podcast I created with Charlie on Friday is much longer. I think we spoke like a full hour. So, if you really want to know all the ins and outs, uh, go to that one. Or um, uh, browse a bit around on the website there's now a very good user guide uh, as well i put in the in the podcast last friday i, I put a direct link uh, but if you don't want to go there just go to the website go all the way to the bottom 
and there you find i think it's it's separate titles something like user guides and once you're in there just just click further on the on the logos that you see and there's a wealth of information uh, which is uh, which is really handy so while looking back at last week um looking at my uh, the podcast that i did for me monday started with a very interesting interview that i had with noemi knight um, she made a really beautiful children's book about a critically endangered um, species of dolphins a subspecies of dolphins uh, west of the northern ireland in new zealand it is one of the most endangered dolphin species in the world there's only about 60 of them left um, i learned only today that there is a species uh, near um, uh, the gulf of mexico or in the gulf of mexico and there's i believe only about 10 of them left so that is uh, that is that is even worse even more sad and, and i guess in that situation you can wonder if they have any chance to survive with about 60 that's possible there used to be 40 of them so they are slowly increasing uh, because the uh, New Zealand government is taking measures, uh, but it's it's still uh, a critically endangered species. And the fishermen are fishing at the same kind of food as these dolphins are fishing for. Uh, and then there's also uh, tourism. So there's all these different uh, uses of the ocean uses by uh, the, the dolphins that belong there as well as uh, the people that are around there so there's a lot of conflict of interest it's a very complicated situation to solve there's also a case of pollution uh, because of the uh, many cats on the northern islands uh, they're peeing on the ground and that is then washed into the ocean and that contains toxoplasmosis uh, which leads to miscarriages and uh, a few of these cases have been documented it may be much more so that's another issue and that's one that's extremely difficult uh, to solve as well but the book that she made is is really really beautiful both in its drawings in the story it's uh, it's 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 really if you look for a nice children's present although it's um, a sad story it is told uh, in a voice of hope it also explains how you can be a young activist as a child it gives all kinds of suggestions what you can do how you can organize yourself how you can write a letter to the prime minister of new zealand etc um so that is um it's it's a very positive tone how how it is uh, how it is told i i love the book she's doing a kickstarter campaign she needs only and i i i think that is not much for a book like this but i cannot judge but she um, aims for four thousand dollars i just saw about an hour ago on um, Instagram that she has reached 50%. So she can really start producing the book. I've seen it only in a PDF version, but she can really start printing and sending the book um, if she reach this, uh, reaches this critical threshold. So there's only $2,000 needed. Uh, I think it would be uh, beautiful if she manages to uh, to achieve that. So anybody that can... Be generous and sponsor this uh, please do uh, you find um, all the information in my latest newsletter or look for me on twitter at alex underscore verbeek um, or just uh, look at the information that i gave in the uh, podcast of last monday when i um, when i published it 
What more did we have last week? There was, of course, on Thursday uh, the call, the podcast uh, that I did with Alistair Doyle. Nice to see that more and more people are listening to this because we do it every Thursday, always at three o'clock Eastern time, and. Uh, that is at noon for those listening in the Pacific, and I'm quite sure at this moment uh, not many people in Europe are listening, but normally Eastern time, that's like New York, so that's about six-hour time difference with Europe. We spoke about Eunice, of course, the storm. Um, yesterday somebody emailed me an interview with a girl in my province in the Netherlands in Zealand who was called Eunice Storm. Um, she um, She was all over the media having that name, uh, so the girl was uh, famous for like 24 hours. But the storm was pretty bad. Uh, there was, a, I think the last thing I heard was that 16 people died. And there was massive damage in, in England, in the Netherlands and, and in many, many places in Northwest uh, Europe. Um, so uh, what, what, what caused all this, it's kind of not a new phenomenon, but a phenomenon that's only understood in the past 10 or 20 years, which is called a sting jet, which is a, a, a small, narrow airstream that can form inside a storm and then produce intense winds uh, over a relatively small area. And nowadays, uh, only, only recently, only in the past 10 years or so, meteorologists are able to predict some of these sting jets. Uh, but it's still very difficult to, to understand. There's a lot that they don't know about. So the question that everybody asks, of course, is, is this storm um, related to climate change? Is difficult to answer. The, the, you can say in general, there's much more energy contained in the atmosphere. It is getting more humid. Uh, some storms are increasing in frequency. Some are uh, increasing in, in severity. But in this case, with uh, this uh, this storm that we saw now in northwestern Europe, it's very difficult to to attribute it. Maybe they can in a couple of weeks, but at the moment they cannot do it. But meanwhile, since we don't know that specifically for this, uh, there's there's a lot of things that we do know about climate change impacts in northwestern Europe. One of them is that we will get uh, more rainfall and we will get it sometimes much more concentrated so like really downpours that are uh, leading to floodings um, also the buildings in Europe are not prepared for that uh, many of the roofs are not able to deal with so much water falling down um, and uh, so we, we need enormous changes in the infrastructure and getting rid of all that water when when it falls down um, and of course there are things like like sea level rise uh, that we also know that is going to happen. Actually, a study came out this week uh, with worse predictions uh, than we were aware of. There was another of the many issues that we spoke about last Thursday in, in our podcast. Um, but now this uh, study came out of sea level rise that projected that uh, there's about uh, 25 to 30 centimeters uh, sea level rise uh, for the United States, especially uh, I should add to it, on the eastern side uh, of, of the U.S., the east coast, um, that will receive more sea level rise than on the west coast. It, it is not, as I said in that earlier podcast, that is like a bathtub, that if you sit in a bathtub, the water goes up everywhere uh, at the same rate. Um, but this rise on the east coast of the U.S. is significant. And, of course, it is happening worldwide. 
uh, sea level rise is extremely difficult to predict, uh, most of all because we don't know whether we are collectively worldwide taking serious climate action or, or not. If, if we do, we can limit the damage of sea level rise. Uh, but if we keep on burning, as we are doing at the moment, uh, we uh, we will see more and more of it, especially um, because of these huge ice sheets uh, of Greenland and Antarctica. And especially on Antarctica, uh, we see more and more bad news coming in uh, through the years. So that was another issue we spoke about. Um, then uh, we spoke about uh, the Ocean Summit that will take place this week. I think it will come back in our uh, next podcast on Thursday. Um, it's it's good that more countries have now joined uh, the High Ambition Coalition uh, for, for Nature and People that was launched uh, last year in January. Um, there's now 84 uh, countries that aim to protect 30% of the world's land and sea by the year 2030. Um, the negotiations uh, next week uh, will uh, will will uh, uh, continue on uh, on the plastic. Uh, sorry, this was the the one I just spoke about was of last week, but this week we will see uh, the negotiations on uh, plastics. Uh, there's basically two different resolutions. There's one from Rwanda, one from Peru, that is the more, uh, the one from Rwanda and Peru is the more ambitious one. Uh, then there's another one from Japan that is much less ambitious uh, because it includes all kinds of restrictions that the negotiators are not allowed uh, to talk about. We also spoke about uh, GLOBS, the Global Library of the Underwater Biological Sounds, uh, which is a fascinating project of uh, uh, recording and saving and and and, um, and studying the sounds of the ocean. So there's uh, of of all the 250,000 uh, known marine species, there's um, uh, scientists think that all the 126 different mammals uh, will emit sounds. Uh, humpback whales are of course quite well known. Um, but also all kinds of other animals in the sea are making sounds, and uh, like crabs and uh, sea urchins. Uh, but there's a lot of research that still needs to be done, and this is uh, part of uh, part of the process that will help. Uh, we spoke about uh, the bald eagles and the difficulties this species is dealing with because of so much lead being used in the United States. It's of course a country of guns, as everybody knows. Uh, the, by far the highest rates of gun per person worldwide, more than countries like Yemen or Somalia even. Uh, the, uh, uh, the, the, the amount of lead uh, that we know since the Roman times, how, how bad that is for health of, of people and animals, um, is uh, 80,000 tons uh, every year that are released on shooting ranges. Uh, there's um, uh, another 3,000 tons that are just shot into the environment uh, by hunting every year. And uh, of all that together, about 4,000 tons are, are lost in ponds and streams and, uh, and, and are spread over the, the environment. And so we know that now there's about 20 million birds and other animals that die each year because of lead poisoning. 
um, which is uh, just one way of completely not taking care of your environment. First you go in uh, to shoot at animals or to go to shooting ranges and then you let these animals die uh, because of poisoning, which all ends up in the environment. And normally, as a rule of thumb, is that anything that ends up in the environment ultimately ends up in you. And that is true with, with lead, it's true with plastic and with a lot of other things that you don't want to have in your body nor in the body of any animal. We spoke about the drought in the West uh, that um, the uh, the last 22 years have been the driest period in at least uh, the past 1200 years um, in, uh, in the US. And this is a drought that began, began in the year 2000 and it will probably surpass the duration of this, this mega drought um, of the 1500s. So there's, there's no end in sight for this drought. This is bound to have huge um, impacts on, uh, on the people and the economy in the, in the west of the United States and also on nature there. I see that I've already been talking now for like 20 minutes or so and I was thinking about really doing a short uh, update of what happened last week. Um, I uh, I have dealt uh, with security and politics for many years in my life and I quit all that six years ago so I'm not commenting on the bigger geopolitical situation. This uh, podcast is um, it's about uh, nature, it's about environment, it's about science uh, and all kinds of other issues um, that I find interesting from a more planetary perspective and I know that there's many other podcasts that are right now focusing on other situations in the world, uh, including the one not far from where I'm sitting now in Ottawa, uh, that uh, that seems to be uh, uh, getting a lot of attention these days as well. Looking ahead at next week, um, I will have uh, two podcasts planned at least, but there's likely going to be more. Of course, there's every Thursday at three o'clock Eastern time, um, the the kind of wrap-up that I just summarized now, but normally we take much more time for that, uh, that I do with uh, Alistair Doyle every Thursday at 3. But um, this week I will also do a uh, podcast uh, with Vanessa Champion, and that will be at 11 o'clock Eastern time, so four hours earlier uh, than I just mentioned on Thursday and this will be on Tuesday, Tuesday 11 o'clock Eastern time and uh, in the podcast with uh, Ness we normally talk about uh, biophilic design but also um, in a much broader context uh, let's say how we as humans interfere with um, with the environment and what, what the impact of the environment is on us so it's a more let's say personal experience of all the other issues that I normally discuss with Alistair in a more broader political context. Um, so this is much more about things that you experience yourself in daily life and things that you can do uh, in a time when the environment gets a lot of attention. Um, then there's my newsletters. I'm right now uh, working on another newsletter and that will be very much about uh, healthy living and food and related issues and that one is coming out uh, probably on Tuesday I might have another one that I release tomorrow uh, depends a bit on 
how much time I have tomorrow, which is officially a um, free day here in Canada. It's uh, the, what's called Family Day, and it's also on Prince Edward Island, the Islander Day. And uh, it's the Louis Riel Day in Manitoba, and it's the Nova Scotia Heritage Day. But basically everywhere in Canada, everybody has a reason to have this as a free day. And it's normally called here Family Day, I understand, but I'm a relative newcomer um, in this country. So um, with all that, um, this was my Sunday evening wrap up. I am also going to wrap up my own work of today um, as one last request. Uh, if you find the time to look at uh, the children book of Popoto and if you uh, can support it, I would really love that. I think it's a lovely project. It is small scale. This is not a big amount of money and you'll make many children and one author and quite a few teachers really happy. Uh, if you could support this project, I would find it lovely if you could do it. So my support is the promoting of this book. And I hope that uh, that some of you will um, uh, will react to it. And I know that some of you have already done that. Thank you very much for that. That's it for today. Uh, have a wonderful week. And uh, that's for some listeners uh, might already have started uh, for those that are uh, maybe listening soon, as soon as I publish this somewhere else on the world. Thank you very much and hope to see you all on or hear you all on Tuesday. Bye-bye.